0: another episode of failing forward i'm your host steve hofstetter joined by a great guest today before i introduce him of course i want to remind you rate comment subscribe all that stuff so that other people can find this podcast as well of course failing forward uh the kind of motivational podcast i guess it depends it depends on why you listen uh to hear about other people's failures so your own doesn't seem as bad um our guest today very very recognizable uh, for those just listening to the audio, you're really missing out. Watch the video on this one because Jonathan Kite, uh, one of one of the stars of Two Broke Girls. You were on it for, what, seven seasons? Six years. Six years. All six, yeah. Six years uh, played Oleg, right? Yeah. Uh, the cook. Yeah. If anyone's ever watched the show. Um, which is crazy because you had to do it the entire time in an accent, Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah. So you had, the entire time you were on that show, you were Ukrainian.
1: Which is what I, people still think when I go in for auditions today, like my agent will pitch me for something and that they'll say we're just not looking at Ukrainians for this part. <laughs> And my agent's like, he's from Chicago, Illinois.
0: Be like, as it turns out, it's acting.
1: Yeah. As it turns out, he he's not Ukrainian either. You're not yeah. looking for Ukrainian and he's not Ukrainian. Yeah. It's and perfect. then, of
0: course, if they're like, you know, we are looking for Ukrainians for this part. And then you're just like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I have a fake passport and everything. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now you, you are someone, obviously, that is a huge success to be on a network sitcom for six years. Yeah. Um, but even on that show, I remember talking to you, I think it was after four seasons, maybe, we were talking at the Laugh Factory, and, you know, I was just asking you how everything was going, we were catching up, and you told me that, you know, you are waiting to hear whether or not the show was renewed, and that blew my mind, because I'm like, wait a minute, it's one of the highest rated shows on television, what are you talking about? You're waiting to hear if the show is renewed? That It's gonna get renewed, the question is whether or not the actors wanna do it now, but... That is not how it works, apparently. I am incorrect. I have never been on a network sitcom. And so the idea that even as successful as you guys were, you still went through every year. You still went through that... Are we coming back?
1: Yeah, primarily. I mean, we got picked up for one time. We got picked up for two seasons in a row, which was like unheard of for us. It was a huge deal. Yeah. And I think it's the idea of like a basketball team where they're waiting to see what draft picks are coming through because the network, whether and obviously CBS had a, a, a run of successful shows with Big Bang Theory, Mike and Molly, you know, like us. There was there was a bunch of them together, two and a half men. Yeah. And yet they still shot pilots. They still shot comedy pilots, even mm-hmm. though they were hoping to renew those shows just to see what the future would hold. And right. so that we were always on hold until they knew what their pilot situation was. That's look so like. crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That that to me, it's a it's a it's fun that you made a sports metaphor, because I always find it interesting when a team trades away an all star for two potentials. Future yeah. And I'm like, oh, if you're lucky, one of them might be as good as the guy you already have. What are you doing? Yeah. And I understand when it's a salary dump. But when it's not a salary dump, when it's a situation. Like, and that happens in baseball all the time. But there's no salary cap in baseball. When, you know, when you're dealing with a situation where you've already got. Anyway, the point, I could talk. I I, I don't want to make the whole thing about sports. (laughs) But but that is a crazy situation to be in. Even when you're a success, you're still terrified.
1: Well, you just don't. I mean, especially now when things are so disposable and consumable to I mean, I think social media probably has the biggest thing to do with that. But things could be a hit for a second. Yeah. And then they're just not. And, and for a myriad of reasons, you know, that, the, yeah. that comedy changes. We were talking about what the trend is earlier off mic. But you know, things shift at a speed that we've never seen before. Yeah. And especially with comedy, because it's it's sort of looking at the president uh, the present and looking forward, whereas I think drama sort of look back so we're oh, in the, interesting we're in the moment of comedy right now. I mean, especially obviously political is like sort of ruling the, the airwaves and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's weird. So things change constantly. So if when like when we got a black president, yeah. things really shifted. and so and then no one could have foreseen that and then the comedy just follows suit yeah so you just don't know
0: and then when we got an orange president afterward
1: yeah and comedy went. garfield stocks rose exactly i hate mondays (laughs) those t-shirts sold out at spencer's gifts (laughs) just the orange trade in general
0: i think started doing yeah yeah they were always out of that cram which is weird because it's california and florida one state that's very progressive and one state that splits. I thought you were gonna you say know, two states both... that have a
1: ton of oranges.
0: Well, that's what I was going yeah. with the yeah.
1: The citrus states. Yeah,
0: the absolutely the citrus states did real well. So okay, anyway, back to actual things that are happening. So um before you got uh before you got uh I was about to say before you got two and a half men, before you got two broke girls. Yes. so many things with two guys, a girl in a pizza place. And there know. are a lot of shows that start with the two. Girls yeah. Yeah, you, you can, new girl. Yeah, you can mix it all up and yeah. make one show. Um before you got that, what yeah. were you doing?
1: I was on a sketch comedy show that was produced by Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. that um was on Fox and it was talk about like the um the pickup thing. So we shot the first season uh at Fox it was an amazing experience. We didn't know if we were renewed. And I went to the premiere party and it was amazing because I had gotten two Broke Girls sort of, they had not renewed our contracts for the, the Fox uh, sketch show. Yeah, And so I had told them at the premiere party, I really hope this show goes, but I can't do a second season if it wow. does. Because I wasn't under contract. None of us were, I think. And yeah. so they just they were doing it year by year. So we premiered in August. And I think like a week later, I went into rehearsals for two Broke Girls.
0: Wow. That's amazing because so often in this business, you you have that hiatus between things where yeah. you don't know what your life is like Right. and so to be able to get a gig that good before your other thing even airs
1: it was a well it, you know the idea was with the sketch show something people look I think it like in living color or saturday Night live or mad tv or yeah. whatever and those um were the ones that made it but there were so many that take so long to develop that i couldn't even name for you right now i think like Cedric the Entertainer had one there's yeah. a ton of them that always come out and the truth is they take a long time to develop so we actually started i think it took us a year and a half before our pilot for that sketch show even came yeah. out. So I think that they just were up in the air about release dates and they weren't sure like the chemistry yeah. of the cast cuz they kept replacing cast members. So that was like a sort of up in the air thing the whole way.
0: I've I've heard that from development people just talk talking about the idea of everyone comes in and pitches a sketch show. Yeah. It yeah. is it it is just this constant like well what if we do a sketch show and be like well what is the, who who's on it is it's either got to be actor driven or there's got to be a concept behind it. It can't just be a, but we do funny sketches. It's like, okay, great. So does everyone. That's what web series are. Anyway, okay. What I want to talk to you about though, because your success is great, blah, blah, blah. We all like you, et cetera. Um, I want people to know the whole reason I'm doing this podcast is I want people to understand. We were talking about this just before we started that You know, what you said, which I really liked, was that people look at a successful person and they assume, oh, this person's never failed. Right. And I truly believe it is the opposite. I think successful people have failed the most because they've learned what to do next. Right. So – You said you had a good fail story. I want to hear this. When I
1: first moved out here in 03, um, YouTube didn't exist. People were still putting their reels together on DVDs. um,
0: I just, to interrupt for a moment, when I first started as a comic, I remember paying a guy $200 to burn a DVD menu for me because it was before there was software to do it. Yeah. And you had to do it all manually and arrange things. And like, we just didn't know how to do that. And I wanted a DVD to submit cause I wanted to be cutting edge and I had to pay this guy. I was making no money at stand up. and I
1: paid him $200 to do something that within six months, any idiot could do. Well, I bought the software my first computer out here, but yeah. it was an extra shit ton of money. Yeah. And it was like, do you want the DVD burning software? That you can copy stuff and i was like absolutely yeah yeah that but i didn't know that was an option and it had like the disc it was crazy but that was so that was around the same time i probably you know moved out six months after that yeah and so i was submitting on things like actors access and backstage west and now casting and la casting you know they have all of the um like the craigslist ads for you know the audition notices what they're doing and i remember i was probably submitting 50 headshots by hand a week.
0: So this was uh, just to catch everybody up. So this is basically it's classified. It's effectively classified ads for open roles and things are a little bit different now. Yeah. But back then that was kind of how actors got work, except there's a thousand actors submitting to every even the bad roles. Let alone The good ones. They they could literally a casting director could literally receive ten thousand submissions right. for one role, right. and you're just sending stuff out there blind into into the world, just being like, well, hope they like this
1: one, hope they like this one, yeah, I hope I I'm what they're looking for, or hope that they'll even see me, yeah, like yeah, because they're you know the, that's what casting I feel like they would get Manila, so we'd send them out in those Manila envelopes. Color
0: headshots are black and white.
1: Um, because bl- that's around when no, no, it shifted I was going to say I think I started my first were black and white and yes. I started in 03 my commercials were in color yeah. And I think my theatricals were in black and white.
0: Right. And that's also another thing to think of because at the time, color headshots were so expensive. Were so expensive. That you're literally, you're just mailing these people a dollar. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. You know, And uh, the price of everything, it's all factored in between the envelope and the postage and everything. You're basically spending $3, whereas now you fill out a form or there's an email or whatever and it's free. It's free. But back
1: then, everything you submitted for – Cost you a couple of bucks. And you had to handwrite all the addresses. Yes. And you had to handwrite the attention and the role that you were going in for in the project because that casting office was probably casting 20 different things. It
0: was basically everything you submitted for was like half a lunch you couldn't afford.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You're totally <laughs> like you're, you submit for two things. There's no lunch. That there's day. no lunch that day. That's right. Yeah. But it kept my. It kept me looking like my headshots. My weight was down, <laughs> and there were the three quarters headshots. Yeah. That was at that point where, like, for a minute, they wanted to see you from the waist up. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, why? But anyway, so we. Um. So I, what? What I would do is I would. I had everything set out on my floor in my bedroom. Yeah. And I had stacks. And I had everything sort of um resume stapled and I was um you know Oh, this takes me back. This dude, is great. And it took it, it so I would I would finish my serving job during the day. Yeah. And then I would come home and I would I would spend hours. And what I would do is I would before midnight before I'd go to bed, I would drive to the post office in Studio City with a stack of envelopes, and I would just put them in there, and I would probably do this every other. day. I mean, Backstage West came out weekly, but a lot of those other things were daily, and so I had to. I had to do this every single day, and I was wow. putting out. And I realized I was putting about fifty headshots a week. It's a lot of money. Yeah, and so what had happened was a lot of for people at the time I wasn't repped. I didn't even have commercial rep, nothing. So yeah. I was submitting about seventy five percent on um, student projects because yeah. I was. Non-union at the time. Um, And a lot of them were saying in, in the classifieds, they were saying, you know, you've got to be union. They weren't going to tap Tartley anybody. And so uh, if I was super right for the role, I would write non-union, but I would submit anyway on it just to be like, hey, I'm really what you're looking for. Yeah, Let's give this let's, a shot. Let's give it a shot. And, you know, whatever, whatever. So. I was but I and then I would go in and I got called in for a lot of stuff. I had come from a theater background I had a degree I had done some pretty notable plays So even if people knew nothing about theater they go. Oh, I've heard of that play and and then the part Maybe I, I was so people I think would give me a chance or if casting directors were a fan of theatrical training or somebody who you know They thought had maybe put in the work beforehand. Right. So I got called in for a lot of things also by
0: the way total side note I'm yeah. thinking from their perspective the idea of the assistants opening all of these. That's what. Like, I think, I think they probably had a band aid budget. Can just I tell for you something? Paper so what
1: I was gonna say is, so what I used to do is, and I got this advice from a, a mentor of mine who's passed away, uh, comedian Max Alexander was a, a yeah. stand up, uh, rest in peace. He said, so what you do is you tape. The, um the 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 facet the um the metal facet you put tape over it so that they don't cut their hands when they're opening it and he goes they'll appreciate that and so that it'll be yeah. like a nicer thing and so he it's so funny like there were little tricks yeah because I know that most people were not doing that but I do think that that helped because I think about the paper cuts too
0: yeah absolutely just the idea of how much pain because you don't want someone to associate you with blood and pain
1: oh the moment they cut themselves they're like trash yeah exactly you open it You didn't open it.
0: yeah be like well we can't look at this headshot it's bloody now shredder yeah
1: yeah and so um what what had happened was i for a long time i was um not necessarily submitting blindly because i, I never wanted i wanted to be specific which also took a long time because it's like the idea of dating apps where like guys just swipe right on everything and then yeah. shift it out later so i didn't do that oh, there should be audition apps yeah well, oh, my God, there should be audition apps. It's like you swiped on too much. You swiped on a black Chinese woman. <laughs> that, that's not you. That's to not play f- me. That's not for you, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. And um, and so that would be incredible. Yeah. We need to do that. Is, yeah. All right. New
0: business plan. Podcast over. We're doing something else now. All
1: right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. And uh, so what <laughs> I. it's the same idea, though. So I always thought about that because when I it was the same mentality that I was that I've always sort of used that I didn't want to just throw shit against the wall because that was something that I had been told that casting directors, if they see your headshot coming in for everything, they'll think of you as someone who isn't thoughtful, who hasn't read the project, who's wasting their time. Right. And so to me, I was. It, that's one of the reasons it took me such a long time reading and, the breakdowns. And, and, and one of
0: the reasons you never submitted for The Color Purple.
1: Well, I did, but uh, but as a background. Right. Deep, and that's why I'm tan today. Yeah. I'm, I have a call back this afternoon. <laughs> and so I, uh, I, I, I remember one time. You know, I go in for student films and you'd sort of like you'd get the sides and there'd be a, a ridiculous amount to memorize yeah. for a student film and I remember I was having a somewhat su- success the first one I ever booked was an adaptation of Alice in Wonderland which is one of my yeah. favorite stories and I went up getting the mad hatter. Did these even pay? So like nothing you get. You would always get copy and credit. And that's what they would say that in the pay category would always be copy and credit. What does that mean? Means that you would get a copy of it for your reel and you would get credited in the credits. And sometimes it would say meal copy credit, but not always meal. So copy and credit. Literally,
0: you would get the chance to say you did the thing for them for free.
1: Yes. That is what well, they were you offering the, Well, Because a lot of times people want your reel, and yeah. if you don't have it, it's better for somebody like that to edit it, especially because we had right. no software back then. and it was, Yeah, that's true. So that's the the main reason that I... So my idea was it would be building blocks, right? So I would say, hey, I can do enough of these, put together a reel, then try to get an agent, you know? Yeah. And so what I eventually did, which is so, sort of what had happened, I, I happened to build up a resume, or um, a reel. So one time I remember on Wilshire, I was living in Studio City. I got this call for this this thing or whatever, and um, and they were like, yeah, "Can you come down at 11? And I remember I was up late the night before. I wasn't drinking because I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't party if I had an audition, a rehearsal, or a job the day before or the yeah. day you know the next day. So I I come in. I Wait, don't...
0: we're gonna come back to the story. Okay. We're just a cliffhanger for the break. We're going to come back to the story. Uh, But it also, by the way, this reminds me, the idea of building your portfolio, whatever business someone's in, is very important. Um, I saw someone speak when I was in college. I saw a a motivational speaker, um, and one of the things he said was he said the first three colleges I did, I did for free so that I could say, performed at such schools as blank, blank, and blank. And then once I had that, I was able to start booking stuff. So that, what you were doing, you know, it sucks at the time, but it's also good life advice. Uh, We're going to come back after the break. Support our sponsors, because they support us. Welcome back to the Cliffhanger Story. Of course, I'm here with Jonathan Kite, best known uh, as Oleg from Two Broke Girls, but also as an up-and-coming actor back in the early two thousands, which is basically where we're living now on this podcast. We're having a good time uh reminiscing. So you go in for this
1: interview and what or I go for the to, audition. Well, and I happens? don't and it's it's not a traditional office. It's in a high rise building on Wilshire, mm-hmm. probably near La Brea. And um, it's one of these things where they're sort of other businesses going on, but it, it kind of looks like an abandoned. It looks like somewhere that the Batman will fight the Joker sometime in this comic book. <laughs> it doesn't look it's like a. it's so weird. And so I kind of go in there and this there's a woman in there who um is sort of at a desk, but it, she's by herself and yeah. she has headshots sort of like all over the floor. And my feeling was. Um, I'm going, oh, okay, this was I have been in this situation before because a lot of I think the colleges, when they audition you, it's sort of their first project, and so the last thing they're thinking about is being organized, looking, like when, when I think about when I go into casting directors today, the biggest ones, I mean, they're, it's unbelievable how organized they are, and their brain is half of the organization, because they, if they go, hey, we're looking for a redheaded headed guy, yeah. then they go, oh, Steve Hofstadter, like they know in their brains, they probably have your headshot on file somewhere, but they're so organized and so together, they couldn't make a living if not. Right, that's without what that. makes
0: a good casting director. Absolutely, the ability to have this, you know, speaking of old timey terms, this Rolodex, rolodex of information. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so for so, but a lot of these colleges, they're unfamiliar with that process, and I'm thinking, I'm sure that the organization presentation for an incoming actor they've never met before is the last thing on their mind. Right. So a lot of times when I went out for student films, there was just stuff sprawled everywhere. There was kind of like. I mean it looked like a college dorm room essentially yeah. or like a fraternity house you know <laughs> or
0: like a scene like one of those scenes Where, where in a movie where they're trying to figure out a crime? Well, that's everything. That's what I said. My
1: floor looked like it looked like True Detective season one. Yeah, I was like, if I link this to this, you were the
0: only suspect because it was just pictures of you everywhere.
1: It was that was well. That's the spoiler. I was it. (laughs) And so I'm in there with this this woman, and she's like pretty distracted, but I mean very like professional. She isn't um, rude by any capacity, and she's uh she's like, hey, can you just give me a second? I'm like, oh, for sure, and I. I sort of blew off this audition, not... Intentionally, I think it was just one of these things where you know I wasn't. I think everybody likes to say on the record I'm prepared for every audition and I'm always great, and that's not the case. That's sometimes no, absolutely not. You the know, case. It's, it's BS. And so for me, this one, I I think I don't even know what it was, but I was usually prepared, which is why I think I had 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 some success. But my God, I wasn't. This was the first year I was out here. I was sort of still figuring out the lay of the land. Whatever excuse right. I can come up with on this podcast. And you
0: had you had so, you only have so much bandwidth. Yes. It, occasionally things do fall through the cracks. Sure. And we always like to give the advice of people of like, well, you got to work hard and you got to always be there, but the reality is we're all humans and sometimes that happens.
1: Right, exactly. And so I get in there and I don't look particularly good. I'm tired, my the, my hair's crazy. I, I don't even know I'm wearing I think like just just t-shirt and jeans or something. And I go in there and I start um, and I'm not really off book. So you looked like the office. I look, yeah, 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 exa- yeah exactly. <laughs> I look like I had climbed out of the trash compactor, yeah. and survived with Mark Hamill. And so I, um, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know. And she goes, "Okay, are you ready?" And I was like, "Yeah." And so she goes, "I'll be reading with you." Just and off
0: book, by the way, for people who aren't oh, yeah. in the industry, yeah. it basically means you haven't memorized the lines; which, you have to actually read it. Which most of the time, I am not off book.
1: Well, so I can memorize it very fast. That's yeah, I. That's a a skill that I've sort of. Um, developed over the years especially in college because you're memorizing plays which are a lot of monologues and everything in such a short amount yeah. of time um and so for me that that's probably the most one of the most embarrassing parts of this story is because i'm good at memorizing super quickly but i just wasn't and i am i would say out of every audition i've ever been on out here i honestly could say about 99 of them i'm completely off book
0: and a lot of people don't realize that to be an actor one of the best skills you can have is a good memory because for auditioning it makes such a huge difference if you can actually do it as you would do it yeah, make instead an, of just a real connection. reading
1: it. right? Yeah. Throwing your energy toward the reader and camera instead of down at the page. Yeah. And so um, just because at the end of the day, when they, they're maybe not remembering you in the room, and by the way, it doesn't really matter what you were like in the room, that's why they're recording you because they need to know what you look like on film. Like yeah. how some people just come to life on film. You see them in yeah. the room and you're kind of like, eh, you play it back, you're like, holy shit. If
0: anybody ever wants a master class in that, uh, they can look up uh, Hugh Laurie's audition reel for House mm. was amazing because he's talking to the camera. He's in like a hotel bathroom in South Africa, I think, and he's talking to you know to the camera to set it up, and then he just goes into the character, and you're like, "Oh, House wasn't a character before they saw him do that," and then they were like, "Well, that's how we'll write him."
1: Yeah. So that's anyway. But you're right, and so yeah. and, and you and in order to uh, sort of convince them, you need to connect. Yeah. It can't be like a a, a a floundering sort of back and forth. So I wasn't off book. I'm sort of reading through it, and um, I'm bad. Like, I'm just, I'm just, there's no nothing redeemable about the audition. And the woman is a little frustrated, but she's very patient. And she sort of looks at me and she goes, yeah, this guy is like, um... You know, and she gave me a few descriptive things she goes can you do that and and you know just make it more like this and you, she was really helping me you know yeah. L- like thinking about it in the moment but looking back on it I mean she was really giving me far more energy uh, than she d- than I deserved yeah. and she's like let's just run it back I'm like okay cool i do it again and she goes okay thank you very much and as I'm walking out I realize because so I have an iCal that I've used my entire time out here you know I've been at here 16 years and I still can go back and look at this because at the yeah. time I'm very um I have to make lists and I I record so I always record who I read for how do I think it went what was the result of the audition where was it
0: that's also amazing advice too that's something to actually keep notes I do because it's still to this day yeah it's so like I yesterday someone asked me like just in casual conversation like how many shows have you done like as a stand-up and I just go, hold on a second. I look at my phone. I look at yeah. the program. I go, 4,179.
1: Amazing. And
0: they were like, what? And I go, I, it's not like I remember that. It's just that I have I the. Have a, I'm the
1: same way. They have the list. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And and it's great. It's That's for me because like that we can learn. If we can go back and look or if we even yeah. have like tapes of that, you know, because I'll look at I sometimes I'll when I did self tapes, I keep them all. Yeah, because I remind myself. I like to look back, not not to say that I've gotten better, but to watch what I used to do. Oh, everyone! I mean, I hope you've gotten better. Everyone does. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it's nice to it, to see it because that I think that's one of the ways we do get better is by watching us going. oh, you, I'm doing that thing with my hands. Well,
0: and not only that, but you go back and you watch your old work, and there's something that you used to do that was good that you forgot Absolutely. to do.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's with stand up. I yeah. go, damn, I forgot that joke I used to do. Absolutely. So so for me, I'm, I'm I go. I wanted to write it down, and I realized i didn't write it down that's how brain dead and and spaced out i was i didn't write it down so i turn i'm going out of the room and i turn back and i go what is this for and she looks at me and she goes what do you mean and i go uh well what school is this like what what um you know college film is this and she and she looks at me as if i'm speaking a foreign language and she says what do you mean and i said what this what who is Putting up the film, like who's producing yeah. the film, and she just pauses and she looks at me and she goes, "Warner Brothers," and I oh, went, Oh, no. oh," and then I went home and I looked at it and the film was Art School Confidential with Max Minghella and uh, Joel <laughs> David Moore and John Malkovich, yeah, and it was a huge film for Warner yeah. Brothers, and I read for the part that Joel David Moore actually wound up booking, yeah, and um. I was so mortified, and I yeah. never forgot. And it's amazing because I thought, "Here's the thing," and this is the where I why I say Warner Brothers, and because I could have told a lot of fail stories, but this yeah. one, Warner Brothers, was the parent company of Two Broke Girls. They were the producers. Yeah. So the truth is, you can get better and you aren't you haven't burned bridges completely cuz in my mind i go warner brothers will never hire me <laughs> i've screwed this up forever and then you know um time passed i yeah. got better and i truthfully did not audition for another warner brothers project until 2 brokers you were staying away from them um, purposefully i did i the way the universe worked i just it never came up again Oh, so Until... it wasn't your choice. No. It just happened to be. It just happened. Wow. And then, you know, I don't um I have not met that I want to read for that casting director again and tell her and to thank her because you know that really did teach me the best lesson about showing up and I can tell you uh, honest to God that has never happened to me again. I've never I've done I will double my research and yeah. I will do I will do everything I can to be off book and I'm there early and I am you know, I really show up, and i i don't I don't walk through anything. so now. what's the so what is the lesson? The lesson is that if I had not fallen as hard, I probably would have stumbled a lot. and it that the problem with stumbling is that becomes a habit. You go, well, nothing bad happened. I can sort of skirt by with that. yeah, and it's the the problem is is that I think that most people can't change unless something. Um, cuts off their food source or something that's vital to their survival and there their needs evolution. To be a catalyst exactly and so for me Warner Brothers was is um it's the gold standard and so if, if it had been like um you know a Chapman University film <clears throat> excuse me or a USC film, I don't know that I would have been like, eh, it was just a student film. And then it might have happened again. But because something was at stake, something that I had wanted to be a part of, which is the Warner Brothers family, since I was a kid, I grew up loving all those, even, I said Batman earlier, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman or, Tim Burton's Batman, was Warner, Brothers. I mean, I can tell you so many films that I'd watched growing up idolizing that film company, wanting to be a part of it, and to know yeah. that the first time that the universe ever presented me to say, hey, here's an opportunity to be a part of it, I screwed up that badly where I didn't even know where I was. It was a reality check. And to say, yeah. listen, if, you, if this will continue, it's like Christmas Carol, unless you change.
0: <laughs> and if you hadn't have done the whole like, oh, what's this for? You'd have walked out of there thinking, well, they seemed unorganized. Yeah. You know, they. I the, would have remembered it wrong. Weird. Yeah. I
1: would have remembered it that maybe it was them. Right. Instead of me.
0: Right. And a lot of people will do that. A lot A lot of people will. You know, you find you find comedians blaming the audience. Oh, you my find, Lord. And, yeah. and look, <clears throat> sometimes the audience is bad. Sometimes the I was joking around on a on a previous episode about how, like, there was an audience that was kind of dumb. And it does happen. Sure. But if you if you don't have the best set of the night, someone else got them. So, And there are people who will go through life going, no one understands my genius. And it's like, well, how genius is it if no one else understands it? Yeah. Like, just how genius is it if you can't communicate to other people? Well, that's
1: the other thing is what we're in is a business. Uh, yeah. The business of communication. That you have a funny – excuse me. I do think that you as the comedian um, are going to dictate how the night goes because I've yeah. seen – I did a show a couple weeks ago where people were telling great jokes and a, a buddy of mine was hosting. And I'm telling I came up to him after the show and I was like, you know, screw this crowd is a joke. You know, but I'm like, dude, that yeah. joke you had about North Korea. That was funny. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's the beginning of the night. And slowly, the audience got on board. There's a hundred reasons why they're not laughing, yeah. or whatever. Maybe they're not drunk enough. Maybe they're 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 distracted. Maybe something is going on in the yeah, crowd maybe that they can't drunk. see. That's a hundred percent. So I think like we are people forget that we are in the business of communication. So it's like you can be the funniest guy or girl in the world, but if you're not in the 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 business, the actual the, the psychology of translating yeah. your Thoughts and feelings and and talent, then yeah, you. I'm not saying you're not funny, but it just doesn't work in this business. Well, it's sense. part
0: of you know, like being a good actor. Part of it is is having good memory. Like there are other aspects right. of each profession aside from the main thing you think of when Absolutely. you think of the profession. But to go back to the idea of the lesson learned that you know that thankfully you fell hard enough that you actually got a chance to learn it. It's the same way of. <clears throat> People go on countless job interviews, and then they just go, ugh, none of these people are hiring. It's like, well, they're all hiring someone. Maybe you just don't know how to interview yet. Yeah. And maybe something catastrophic needs to happen for you to look at, look within and say, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Danny Jollis has a wonderful joke about uh, – about, uh, I don't want to give away the whole joke, but basically about – someone posting on Facebook about, like, you know, I've been fired from four jobs this year, and, by, and like, that's not a check engine light. yeah That's not, you, you know, and, and everybody else validating that person going, you're the best, you're, don't yeah. worry, you'll get them. And it's like, maybe you need someone to go, yeah, you suck. Like, you screwed this up, and you need to figure out, you have the capacity to do it, you have the potential to do it, but you need to figure out
1: how to not suck. And so if you suck a little bit, you have the ability to blame someone else, absolutely, or you're you're able to compartmentalize it and isolate it and say it, it was about that one thing. Oh, I was tired that day. Exactly. I was. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and for me, I I always assume that if something doesn't go well, I assume it was me. I actually do. I have, do not. I can't think of. I think there's one time I did a show in Richmond, Virginia, yeah. where I was like, "That audience sucked." But I'll yeah. tell you, like, I tour. Uh, un, I think a, a lot or enough yeah. where I if I go yeah, it wasn't it wasn't and I never think it was the audience
0: I usually will say I'll usually phrase it as oh, I didn't connect
1: Shh, And absolutely. that's an,
0: I didn't connect But that said there have definitely been times where I'm just like no one could have gotten through to those people like that does no, happen, it Happens it happens. But, yeah, but the vast majority of the time but even so and and I can't tell you how many times I've come off stage And, like, I've had a friend there, whether it's another comic or just, you know, a friend hanging out. Yeah. And they've been like, oh, that was a great show. And I was like, you kidding me? Because you know what you can do and you know the potential that you have. And you go, yeah, I got the result, but I had to work so much harder for it than I normally would have. And so that happens as well. Anyway, the point is we're going around saying a lot of things. (laughs) The point is that here you are, someone who was under the employ of Warner Brothers, on a successful sitcom for six years, yeah, and boy, did you almost yeah. miss out on that?
1: It's yeah, yeah. and I and I, I remind myself of that often. Like when you would approach, and I appreciate you reaching out to me. And when you did, it wasn't even like I wonder what I'm gonna. T-. I was like, no, I'm gonna tell that story. Yeah, because I never forgot it.
0: That's also that's an interesting thing that I've already seen happen with a couple of guests. We're only on episode four, and I've already seen happen with a couple of guests the idea of people going, oh, I know exactly which story to tell. Yeah. And I think that people carry that. With us a lot. Yeah. I have I have one that absolutely stands out that maybe I'll tell on a future episode at some point. Yeah. Um, you know maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a solo episode where I'll just tell my failure stories. But this the story that comes out that changes you that makes you go, okay, never again. Absolutely. And that's the one that I think that's the one that sticks with people. And if you know, I ha- look the Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Um, I think the I think the eighth is failing.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, Absolutely. that might be one of the seven. I haven't read the book. But... You know what? Well, reading the book is is six. To yeah. not read the book, yeah. The what? To read is the that book step is six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Step six read is the giving book. Dale Carnegie money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or Carnegie or, or whatever or Carnegie it is. or downloading it illegally. Yeah. On LimeWire, which is what we would have done in 2003. Absolutely. That would have been, yeah, that's that's the first step in
0: 2003. Uh, that has been another episode of Failing Forward. Jonathan, where can people find out more information about you?
1: Um, my Instagram is at Jonathan Kite, K-I-T-E, and uh, my Twitter is at Jonathan Kite. And then I have a podcast with my cousin, and it's at Kites of the Round Table, and it's on iTunes and Spotify. Oh, what a great
0: name. That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Kites of the Round Table. I love that. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Of course, make sure to share, rate, subscribe. And uh, whatever medium you listen to this on, if you're listening as a podcast, not just watching the video, let's say it's iTunes perhaps, uh, go and write a review of it because that stuff really helps uh, other people find out about the podcast. Uh, Thanks so much, Jonathan. I appreciate you coming in. Yeah,
1: thanks, dude.